This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Kick 360, we are back, and we are live alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. Jacob Swanson making the show happen. Levi Gibson in for David Reed, who is the chairman of the board. Lance Lee with a well-deserved day off. And our entire cast and crew, Becca Risley. Sleepy Danny uh, is is awake, from what I'm told, gentlemen. Uh, what, a, plus, what a start to the day. At 11 a.m. Central Time, he's awake. And two this is big news. Give him time. Two production assistants today also helping us. Sarah Triplett and Regan McCrossan are here. So shout out to those. Good morning, guys. Big show today. Primary complaint coming up in 45 minutes. Feeling good about today's show. Feeling good energy in studio. Uh, plenty to talk about. I can't wait to get going. Are we going look now? at me. Look are at me st- when you talk to me. Look at me. Look at me. Got this neck thing going on. We talked about in the show warm up, so it hurts to look too far towards Paul because I spent way too much look, time looking here. at Paul yesterday. I'm back here. So now I've, I've got this issue going on. So I may you, be looking forward. So to it. Uh, we do on Instagram Live uh, a 360 warm up, ten minutes before the show. You welcome to join us by following on Instagram Outkick 360. Um, Chad made the claim that he hurt his neck. Um, on the show yesterday. Are you sure this wasn't due to like T-ball or anything like that? I am positive it was yesterday because I was looking this way for a majority of the show like I am right now. I appreciate now. your candor on this. And the moment an that we signed admission. off, I turned to my left and immediately <laughs> felt the pull <laughs> okay. in my neck. So I know that it was from looking that way yesterday. I just mean, you could have said up. you slept badly, uh, you had a bad pillow incident, anything, but you're coming. I think I slept this well we last do. night, which helped. Now it's a little bit more loosened up than it was last night, so I think the sleep last night helped. You need some heat? But I'm not going to be looking at you as much today, Paul. You need some heat? Need some heat, yeah. <laughs> need some heat. Follow us uh, at Outkick360 on Twitter. We hope you'll subscribe on YouTube to the channel by searching out Outkick360 channel and hit the subscription button, ring that bell. Uh, that way you're alerted every time we go live or we post new content, podcast available everywhere uh, as well. Uh, yesterday with the 360 parlay, we would not have won the parlay anyway based on the results, but we failed to realize that the Knicks played tonight and not, not last That's night. That's a so, Chad fail. Well, it, it, well it, and it's it, also a Paul fail because this is Paul's team, and yes. I was saying this not for last in. night, I admit and Paul didn't, didn't correct me one time. <laughs> if, he, if he bet on the Braves, I'm like, yeah, they're off tonight, Chief. I could have easily corrected him, but... These are Look, Paul's I admit Knicks, that I'm not that into the Knicks. And he, uh, if he they no do idea. some things here, I'll get back. Look, up. here's what I did. I go to FanDuel. I go NBA because I wanted to play NBA games. And it was the second, the second or third game, game down. Third. Third was, game. Was down because there. So I'm assuming the ones at the very top are, are all playing current. that night. Yeah. I didn't look at the And day. the odds were great. And it was the next day. And one of our viewers pointed out, which I appreciated, yes. when we said this is tonight's parlay, I still feel good about the Knicks tonight. I do too. I felt great about the parlay. 
the Carolina Hurricanes didn't quite live up to their end of they the parlay, but they got the win. What still the, the same. Lakers winning Lakers. outright, and the Lakers won last night. So we were one for two, which, as uh, Hutton has said before, <laughs> means we lost. It means we <laughs> lost, parlay, but there is a, two there's a moral lost. victory to actually winning, winning a bet, a even in a parlay, parlay that you lose with FanDuel.com. Yeah. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Highly recommend going there right now because free money is available. Even if you lose your first bet, you see the offer there. Bet $10 on the Clippers or Mavericks matchup. You get $100 in site credit. If you bet a dollar on the Bucks and Heat matchup, you get $100 in site credit back, even if you lose that bet. You just need to bet on the money line market of either team, and you're going to get this $100 in site credit even if you lose by betting a dollar on the Heat or Bucks, $10 on the Mavs or the Clippers. And again, both of these offers are eligible for first-time users. So go to fanduel.com slash OK360, opt in, and make your first bet. It's available in all legal states except Illinois. Boy, it's a very exciting afternoon in, in my household because uh, I've told you repeatedly about my son's skateboard fascination. Yes. This is the first official week of summer. The Tony no injuries, no injuries no for injuries. you. But he's had uh, now, he's gone to the skate park Sunday with one set of friends, Monday with his best buddy who then slept over. They came home from the skate park on Monday. I cleared out the garage. They worked in the garage for like an hour and a half out on the street for another a half hour plus. They came in and I said, have you made progress? They're dying to get a kick flip and an ollie. This sets everything up. It's the building block of skateboarding, according to them. And he was frank with me, the way you've been frank about your neck. He said, no, <laughs> no. no. They progress. put in all this work and they're not any closer to pulling this off than they were. They're watching videos. They're repeating the video. I mean, they're they're doggedly trying, boys. They, they are putting in the effort. So dad decided this afternoon to get them a, a lesson. Two kids, one guy for an hour at this place in downtown Nashville. A lot of pressure on this, on this yeah, teacher. Yeah. yeah, if this guy doesn't have them doing this one thing Fired at the end of this hour. Is this at Rocket Town? This is at Rocket Town. Yep. And then they get two hours to skate after the lesson. They are so fired up that this guy needs to be the miracle worker of skateboard guys. But that, that teacher is Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be great. So I'm, this is kind of an old man alert here in what I'm about to say. Oh, yeah. and maybe I'm, I'm being an old yeah, man. You want them just this. to learn it in the garage. No, the no, 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 no. Not, not even that. Um, this may be a stereotype that goes way too far back that's now outdated. But, Paul, do you not fear the riffraff that comes along with a skate park <laughs> and your son being a part of this? Because when I think of skaters, no offense, Jacob, but I think of you. <laughs> and I think of your youth, and I think of kids, like, smoking joints at the skate park and all the people who cut class uh, with long hair and they wore vans, right? And they were skating They're wearing Doc vans. Martens They're back wearing in vans. the day. You have to wear a van uh, if this you're was, skate. This is not – I'll say this. I'm not going to encourage my daughters to be in the skater community. Wow. Your thoughts on this? Well, I will say at the skate park in Franklin, which is in a Tony <laughs> section of Franklin, 
I have less of these concerns. And one of us is there with them. Like, he's 11. He doesn't go unsupervised to a place that takes a drive to get You do to. realize there's riffraff in Williamson County also. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a uniform no, Listen, I've experienced no, riffraff first. I, yeah. I had a naked guy on acid in my house at 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, but I feel the like definition of riffraff. the kid got the acid in the skate park. That's my fear of the skate park. Like, I think he acquired the acid at the skate park. Well, I don't see him up close. Give me a two-shot here or a three-shot. I don't see him up close oh, with anybody at the skate shot. park. Like yeah. doing any kind of Lighting. exchanges. He's doing a, a handoff. <laughs> reliable. It's like a relay race. And I have to say, all the older people at the skate park are very cool and respectful to the younger guys. Like Simon and his When buddy. you say so older people, stage, like high school age kids? Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. Not Jeff. you. <laughs> Paul, I'm pretty sure they call them clients. <laughs> <laughs> Mules. Yeah. yeah listen, Start them young. Listen, they might be starting to develop the clientele, but they Is haven't Wallace reached, from the wire there at the skate They haven't also? reached the part where they are uh, doing anything but developing the relationship. I must say, though. I, I, I'm going to throw this out. There was one guy over there the other day right, who was I'm going to throw this out on he social media also, this everything. question. If I'm being old, when I say that my initial, Very my initial thought on my kid wants to be a skater is hell no. You're not going to be hanging out at a skate park. Go uh, when you have a seven-year-old, Chad's going to go from T-ball to roller derby. What they do. <laughs> I mean, you can I, only say no to so much. I, 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 <laughs> they rely on you for everything. Like you can say no to everything if you want. I mean, your kid may be Chad's worried but, that eventually Simon's going to look like Aaron Rodgers does right now with the man bun and the yeah, T-shirt. Well, it's not even. It's not the hairstyle I'm concerned about. It's the lifestyle. <laughs> Not the hairstyle, but it's the more, lifestyle. It's That's more a of a life. To me, skate like skate or die is more of a life that you choose, and that life oftentimes doesn't know. include academic pursuits. I'm th- so I'm like, thinking back to my so high school like. friends who were skaters. Uh, there was this one guy who uh, produced this magazine. He was he, he called the Skater's Eye, and he had like this fish ball, the fish. What's it called? A fishbowl fish lens. Yeah, fishbowl fish lens. Fish Fisheye lens. See, these guys know. I knew. Uh, and you put it, <laughs> you you know. me Sorry, saying it twice, know. and then you said it. Well, you're, you're, oh. the, you're, a, you're a father of the skater community now. <laughs> and uh, they would put it on the end of their skateboard and do all these tricks based on was that. It cool? It was cool. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and to this day, those dudes are, are pretty cool. So, like, I, I vouch for them. I trust Jacob Swanson with my life. I'll put, I'll put my life I mean, in I'll, Jacob's I'll, hands. I'll give you I, listen, my... if I was unconscious and I needed to be revived in a, in a medical way and there were no doctors handy... Jacob, Jacob, do you even skate? Like, have you skated? Or or is this a a bad assumption by us? No, growing up I did. Okay. It was a stage for you. But I was was more into sports. And Simon's more into sports. Simon's a baseball guy, number one. That's good good that he's in baseball. I was more of a snowboarder than skater. He would be, too, if we had We're going to put Regan to the test to put out a a poll question on, does uh, at Withrow Outkick or at the Chad Withrow sound like an old man? With my uh, Fear. skater, with my skater take. I would. Here's here's my in- interpretation of skaters that I grew up with in Mount Jewel, which may be totally different from there. There were they were the kids who tried weed for the first time and told everyone about it. Uh, there was one guy who was a great athlete uh, that we always tried to get. I sounded like uh, Doug, Matthew, Doug Matthews there athlete, with an athlete. Three syllables. Tried um, weed. <laughs> Yeah, there was a kid that was, a, he was like 6'3 in 8th grade, was a great basketball player. Mustache. That we couldn't get off a skate. damn skateboard to go to practice. And the coach was constantly trying to get him to come out and play basketball. And he was too busy because he was in the skater crowd. Simon won't be Listening back. to Sublime and out skating <laughs> nonstop. And that, that's my 
Maybe I'm completely off no. here, but if I roll up to a biker bar and see a bunch of <laughs> motorcycles, I'm not going to walk into that bar and think, gee, this is a family-friendly environment. And if I roll up to a skate park, I think, geez, these are a lot of kids who probably aren't making straight A's. <laughs> listen, listen I, I don't disagree with you, but it's, there's a big difference between the 11-year-olds who are doing it and the 17-year-olds. Well, you know the 11-year-olds become 17-year-olds, right? right? They start young. But let's see where he goes. Let's see where he goes. He's in there testing. I'm out. just saying Test you are you're mode. paying for instruction. They're doing this, and I'm look. I I'm not one to say how someone should do something, but this is something I would discourage if I were you, not encourage. I've discouraged. And I'm shocked that you, of all people, who you see a tattoo and you immediately have your mind made up about someone yeah. or a look, that you're encouraging this skater crowd with Simon. I've um, discouraged uh, plenty of things. The average pro skater makes between a thousand to ten thousand dollars per month i would accept that <laughs> and I mean, uh, once you get a brand tony hawk, once you get a brand working. well to tony hawk didn't make very much off of tony hawk his video game did he I, I, or did i just make this up in a dream like this is one of those stories i feel like i've read over the years uh, but he's done well for the licenses let's, let's go to the google machine yeah please and do find out how much money did he Tony make off Hawk of that video net game? net worth is what I'm going to well, start the, with. Well, the video game, whenever he was up and coming, this would have been our era, Chad. Chad, I think um, at the very least... He's worth $140 million. <coughs> What's Rob Gear the worth? Like that, that's another example of how he has gone from the pro skater to now he's just an MTV personality um, representing D.C. So, I... He had that reality show, and now he does that ridiculousness show. The first edition, and he's just known as being a skater. The first edition of the game, Tony Hawk's video game, made him more than $6 million per year in the early 2000s in okay. royalties. Well, that's not bad, Chief. So he's worth over $150 million right now. There you go. Simon's next up. Listen, you, uh, if nothing else, you've spurred... Uh, uh, now he's fearful of In this. my head, I'm not fearful, but if he... I don't want to make persist, you more afraid, Paul. The say, last thing I want to do is make I you more afraid. I would say, hey, you need to be conscious of these uh, I just... Uh, I, th that, again, I just wanted to work that out on the show because no, when, that's I hear, what we do. when I hear skateboarding, I immediately think of a derelict kid that's out not doing anything, contributing to society, hanging out with other friends like... Throwing spit wads or spitting spit wads at people that pass by. That's what I think. Based on some of the conversation in uh, the basketball locker room, I think Simon's going to be just fine. <laughs> well, that's not to say that there's not misfits in a lot of sports. So you're saying that the other sports have caught I had up. A, I had a kid in, uh, uh, again, a kid, we're 13, 14 years old. And before we had to go out and run the what we called suicides, those those wind sprints, yeah, he'd be smoking a cigarette out the emergency door, and we called it Colby's Wind Sticks. Because he would go out and, and like just, Kirby's Wednesday. He would go out and beat us in all these sprints. But we're thirteen to fourteen and he's smoking Marlboro Reds in the in this basketball locker room. This wasn't no, no, a skate. But park. Hutton, imagine how much worse it would be if he were a skater. Yeah. Yeah. I He'd mean, be doing math. Uh, look <laughs> No, uh, there were there were certainly misfits that played basketball too, but I if you're looking at a percentage, you know, the basketball locker room was seventy five percent good kid, twenty five percent Misfit. Okay, tell us a skate park. Skate park, I think skate park. I think skate park is flipped. I think it's 75% at I least don't think. I don't misfit think it's that like that. and 25% I'm curious good what the polling will bring back on this. I sound like a politician now. Let's see what the polling brings back. Let's get the polling. Tony Hawk's video game generated up until 2015. It had a 16-year deal. 
he signed in '99. Yeah. Generated 1.4 billion okay. in so, sales worldwide. And he made what off that? He made a ton because get this, he was so offered. I saw it in the reverse. He was offered a $500,000 <laughs> royalty payment up front. Okay, that's what and I saw. And he said no to that's it. That's what I saw. Because he, he said, if you're going to offer me half a mil to start, clearly you think this is going to make a ton of money. So he said, my instinct told me that I would turn that down, and he ended up making millions in royalties. So that, of that's uh, the story I saw was he was given $500,000 initially. And he said right. no. Okay. He turned that down for a wow. percentage of royalties. Chad, I think you did a good job turning this into an interesting conversation. I look forward to seeing the polling results, and I will, I will gauge things further when I'm next at well, the skate park and at Rocket Town today. Uh, because there could be a skate camp in this future. If I may. I, Which I, is three hours a day. It's not look, I mean, it may be more mainstream now. Like, it's going to be an Olympic sport, I think. So maybe I'm, I'm this is again, this could be an old or mainline. Yeah. <laughs> could be some of that also. Really, how could a sport that spurred such a great show as Jackass? Yeah. You know, how could that <laughs> be, be bad? Be <laughs> how could that like, not be something that you want exactly. your 11-year-old participating in? We could get Steve-O on pretty easily, I think, and have him answer this question. One of those guys um, has a new book out, I think. I saw Johnny Knoxville is officially Johnny retired Knox. from the Jackass oh, series. It? He turned 50. Oh, announced yesterday. Yeah, he's he officially 50. retiring from the series. He turned 50? Um, so when we first started our initial show, Midday 180, as a trio, I, I think within the first 53 days, today's show 53 for us, within the first 53 days, the running joke on the show was a take that Chad had very early on within the first two months that he did not like middle-aged women. This is now that version of that running joke. Chad against middle-aged women, Chad against the skating community. I've just never encountered a child <laughs> that I would want to hang out with that was on a skateboard. But how much have you been around <laughs> children on skateboards? A lot. I mean, I, there's kids that skate through our neighborhood all the time, and I see those kids, and I'm thinking, they're not the same kids. Kid you up, play this kid's with? up to no good. Look at that drug addict. <laughs> yeah, this kid's up. To, get that kid a needle. Go ahead and get him started early. We know what house is he running to? <laughs> Let's fast forward 20 years and see where this kid Angie, is. Angie, lock the doors. He, he sees skateboarders and runs to next door app and starts chatting with the neighbors. Spoiler alert, yeah, prison. Everyone look out. There's a kid on a skateboard near the corner of Ashworth and Croft. I'm getting my young daughters in the house. Get in the house. These skaters are out here causing a ruckus in the but neighborhood. But, Daddy, they look like they're having fun. I'm Maybe. on a skateboard. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, I'm, no, no, Abby. I'm the wrong guy to ask. No skateboards the, for us. The skater guys like the in high school were kind of the coolest dudes in the hallways. Like, they... They got it done. Uh, the skater guys in my high school were not cool guys. They were, there was a clique. It was, you had your segmented groups of people and that was their own clique. I'm sure they were cool in their group, but uh, it was not, <laughs> not like in the, not in the, not in the common definition of cool where you were cool with everyone. Not as cool as the Abercrombie and Fitch Army. I they were not as cool as me. I yeah, gotta be honest. Me. I don't think we had skater guys. That doesn't surprise me. What, no, what would you have had? Rollerblading? <laughs> No, it's not that there weren't skateboards. Oh, I think okay. there were skateboards. Paul's people. Were, oh, the sock hop community is out. <laughs> Paul, Paul it's not school, an age Paul thing. Paul was a private jets. school thing. <laughs> that new West Side story looks like it's going to be good, by the way. Um, 
I, I just, it was private school, small, people, people. <laughs> Why don't you loan me a, a square, see? That's how kids find each other. unroll his sleeve to get a cigarette Paul's pack. High school. <laughs> Paul went to school. There was some pot. He went to school with greasers. <laughs> there was some pot, uh, and, and a couple of kids that got thrown out for it, but they weren't skateboarders. You got thrown out of Rutgers Prep for, for pot? Some guys did. Some guys did. For selling it Greg or Heilbrun just consuming? Got thrown out. I can understand if they were like selling to other students, but for was he doing it at school? Most private schools have pretty strict policies on yeah. I mean, if you have it, have on it you. at there. I think he probably, as I recall, he might have got warned once. The word was that he got busted once, and then the second time he was out. Levi, were you a big skater? They were comparing music this morning, Jacob and Levi. No, nah, I was not a big skater. Okay. Jeez, How do you feel out. about the skating community? Is Chad being harsh? I didn't grow up in the backwoods of Virginia. We didn't have Fair. skaters. They didn't have roads um, to skate we, on. We oh. did dirt bikes and four-wheelers. And a Same. lot of them were, you know, I guess the, similar to the skater community. Gate, yeah. Gateway druggies? Yeah, I get, you know. Right. We're backwoods, so, you know, everything's a gateway there. <laughs> <laughs> a literal gate. There are no <laughs> gates, but a lot of gateways. Had to go, yeah. Someone had to jump out and go unchain the gate to get you're, to the road. Uh, where, where Levi's from, you're always one step away from meth. <laughs> It's not, it's not a gate. It's not a chain. It's just like uh, you chew bubblegum incessantly. Meth is next. Breaking back. You uh, drink a beer. Meth is next. It's all right there. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers. And I went back. I was listening what a segue. to a yep. podcast last night. And what a segue is correct. With some of the photos we're seeing with him on vacation. I love how they're like, he's oh, he's skipping OTAs to be on vacation in Hawaii. Like, he's a hippie. Um, so... <laughs> So I'm listening to his comments again, he and I, I picked up on a couple of things that make me think, you know what, he, he, he can't come back now. And I, I'm going to get Paul and Chad's take on this. Paul said from the jump, he thinks Aaron Rodgers is a Green Bay Packer next season. But there's something in his interview and a one-sentence mention uh, in a description uh, for the Green Bay Packers and, and for his relationship with them in his interview with Kenny Mayne that will hit when we return. And then, just around the corner, primary complaints on OutKick 360. Hang with us. But first, Manscaped.com. Manscaped, the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming, and their brand-new shaving tools just dropped right in time for Father's Day. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer now available in the U.S. and Canada. And what makes this waterproof trimmer different from all the other trimmers? 7,000 RPM trimmer. Features skin-safe technology to keep your balls in check, Chad. That's right, and a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock created for the jet setter out there. And the lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn. We had some debate about this yesterday. Yes, if it's we even did. possible. The 4,000K LED spotlight. If it's possible, Manscaped can make it happen. That's what they did with this LED spotlight. Also, Additional guard links with sizes one through four. And a great offer, PK. Free shipping, first off, yeah. mandatory, right? We're yes. not paying to have things shipped in 2021. Plus 20% off with the code OK360 at manscaped.com. The code OK360, the site manscaped.com. Stop imagining that your dad have, has it covered because he probably doesn't. Father's Day just around the corner. Great offer, 20% off plus free shipping with the code OK360 at manscaped.com. You can email the show if you want to go old school. 
Like the skaters. You're going to go old school back in the day. You us. There's a lot of different ways to at Outkick.com is the email address there. But you can chime in, first and foremost, in the chat room through YouTube, where you can find our channel. Also, on the Twitter account, at Outkick360. What are you hearing there, Chad? Well, I feel like uh, for a lot of people, because we're not taking calls right now, which, by the way, we will take calls. That's going to happen. Yes, it is. You're going to have a chance to call in. But people feel almost reluctant to interact with us on social media because we're not taking calls, because they feel like we won't read your tweets. That's not the we case. We will. Tweet us. We're more us likely than ever. On Facebook, wherever. Auburn3416 <laughs> on Twitter writes in and says, the skateboarding segment needed a PSA. I'm listening at the gym and almost dropped the decline bench bar on myself laughing so hard. Great segment, guys. Auburn3416, <laughs> we're happy to entertain you. Chazzy Main writes in and says, what the F kind of question is this? Based on my question, if, if I'm old, or what's the typical skateboarder kid? I think it was the question uh, we asked. So um, Chazzy Main, not happy with that question. We'll take the good and the bad. However you want to interact with us, hit us up, Outkick360 on Twitter. Matthew in the YouTube chat says, over under how long before young Simon re-breaks his arm skateboarding? I'd say, totally uncool. Don't go with it. Well, I, I mean, skateboarding is synonymous with broken limbs also, <clears throat> especially when you're on the ramps. I mean, that part broke it the first time. Injuries are going to happen. That part would scare me. broke it the first time bike riding. I mean, kids break things. And skateboarders fall. I'll tell you where I get really That's a fair question. I'll tell you where I get uh, really nervous. This has nothing with skateboarding, just how kids can get hurt. Uh, we play with Evie, my now six-year-old. We play like one-on-one -on -one softball games in the backyard. You got to put her behind a net. But we have a little incline, a little hill <laughs> in the backyard, and second base is up on the top of the hill. And she gets going full speed and comes around second. And I'm trying to tag her, and she is diving headfirst, all momentum into the ground. I'm like, she is going to break her neck or her wrist. When she puts it down, because she's going fast, she can down the hill. This is the life what of a parent. What about the part where you're though. driving line drives into her chest? Yeah, that happened. Uh, that was unfortunate. Um, I, to my defense, my daughter's pitching is a little bit inaccurate at times, so I'm just trying to put a bat, put a bat on it, yeah, and so not waste all time. Hitting line so she threw a fastball from ten feet away, high, and I reach up just trying to just get the barrel to bat on it and knock it down because I'm just trying to get on base, and I instead hit a line drive right back at her that puts the seams of the softball on her chest, mm. and she's six. She cried for about 15 seconds, mm. and then we moved on and played the game, and she was fine, which I was very proud of her uh, for being tough. And I told her, I she said, handled that like I said, Bauer. Evie, I said, no one's going to hit it that hard back at you. So that is the hardest you're going to be hit by a softball. Congratulations. Well you made it. It's not the end of the world if you get hit by it. Now we can move on and play. And she has not complained about it since. I am not complained I, about the bruise, not complained about it hurting. She's been fine. I'm scared of that. I told a story in our old setting <clears throat> about striking out against Simon in a, a father-son game we set up. What part of the striking out against the kid throwing is your reluctance to swing hard because you're so scared of hitting it back up the box and, really? pe and pegging a, a boy with a baseball and a baseball bat. I mean, if you're hit – yeah, I, I'm scared to death of hitting a line drive back up the up the middle against the kid. Yeah, that's so you're saying the kid was actually scared of hitting it back up. No, the I was scared of hitting you oh, know, father yeah. son. If you're really swinging, you're scared. I think of hitting it right back at the kid. I played in a very uh, competitive church league softball league one summer when I interned in Atlanta with my cousins, who were both former professional baseball players. So this league was really good, and I had to warn because I wasn't as skilled at hitting the softball wherever I wanted, as they were. 
I would have to warn the pitcher every time that I may, because I have sort of an inside-out swing that'd go up the middle, and I'd tell them, it's coming right over your head. So that's like, in this league, you're supposed to tell them, because if you hit it close to the pitcher, it's a no-no, right. because you're supposed to be able to control it. So I'd tell them, I'm like, look, I'm probably going to go right up the middle, and I would just warn them. They'd, the middle <laughs> infielders kind of shift in. But I said, my base hit is going over your head into center field. And almost every time I'd get a base hit right there. But if it went a little low, they would not be happy if you didn't warn them about hitting it back up the middle. The top five Packers at the wide receiver position are not at OTAs, along with their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Now, the teams across the league, here, here's the inside scoop on why the teams want the media there this time of year. They keep the role. They tweet out who's there and who's not there. And that's their, that's their role this time of year and how they're used. The teams love it. Coaches love that media members are out there keeping attendance. And they're doing the job for the team that wants to put it out in the public eye that certain players aren't there for voluntary or mandatory minicamp, whatever it might be, uh, whoever's out. The teams, the organizations, the coaches, instead of leaking it to Schefter, they can have the local media take role for them as they come out of the locker room. So it's not a big surprise this time of year, um, to, to get back to the point here, not a big surprise this time of year to see players not present at a OTA in May. Huge story in Green Bay, though, where Devontae Adams doesn't show, uh, where I would contend he would be there if Aaron Rodgers were there. Aaron Rodgers, in going back to his conversation with Kenny Mayne, and the one quote that's circulating when he was asked about uh, the framework of how we gravitate and jump on an organization side, a front office's side versus a player side. A part of his response, guys, he says, it's just about a philosophy and maybe forgetting it's about the people that make things go. It's about the character, the culture, Character and culture is what the MVP of the league and the best player on the Packers roster and the team captain just pointed out in what's wrong with the Green Bay Packers. And we're to believe he's just going to show back up in August and everything's going to be fine? I'm not buying it. I don't think he's showing back up. And I'm, I'm reading into that even more as I re-listen to it. You're pointing out character and culture, and you're just going to waltz back into a locker room that hasn't really changed that much, and a front office that has not changed at all. And the MVP, after going public and saying that, is just going to show back up. I, I'm not buying it. You know, I always think of the Packers' general manager as, as more of a caretaker than the, um, the head of the organization. right? It's, it's such a storied franchise that... And Aaron Rodgers said what you mentioned, Hutton, it's not about the building or the organization. It's the people that make the organization. So I've always thought of the Packers just like it's a team run by the fans and owned by the fans. Not run by the fans, but owned right. by the fans. Right. I think of that GM position as a caretaker and not someone necessarily setting the standard and the bar for the organization. That's why it's odd to me that all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers seemingly has no problem with Matt LaFleur based on his comments. He doesn't mention the general manager, but he's talking about the culture and everything. Clearly, he's got a problem with Gutenkist. So where did it become that this guy has the power to influence the entire organization and that he is the one stirring the drink to the point that all the character, the culture, everything that the Packers were is different 
It's just odd to me that this guy has that kind of power. And I keep going back to it, and Paul, you're going to say you can't do it, but who's more important? Could they not find a good general manager for the Green Bay Packers than the guy that upset the league MVP to the point that he wants out? Well, he upset him last year and he showed back up and became the MVP. Well, he showed back up because I think he wanted to prove him wrong and then get out. But the GM And then the GM came back and said, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, we may have made a mistake here. Maybe he's got another year left. And then doesn't bend the knee to Aaron Rodgers. you got to bend the knee if you're that guy after that and say, look, we made a mistake. It may be too late. What do you want? And instead, they tried to do this bogus restructuring where they really didn't give him anything else but still tried to lock him in for another year. It's, a, it's an odd story on that front. No matter how much – let me hit a couple of these things. No matter how much Gutenkust has screwed this up, you don't want him fired because then it's the first domino in the league turning into a thing where players get management fired like the NBA works, and that would be a bad thing for the league. Brady has not been at OTAs for some time for the Patriots in the latter half, uh, latter part of his career, and now he won't be with the Bucks. It's not in a dispute. Granted, it's it's different, but the character and stuff not in question. When he shows back up, everything plugs back in. Brady never complained about that. But if if uh, if Aaron Rodgers is there on the first day of training camp, everything could go back. To normal, he throws passes I, and completes passes. And, I'm, I'm sorry, and they Paul, can but win football I, if Peyton Manning or Tom Brady complained about the character and culture of the Colts and the and and the New England Patriots, their pride wouldn't allow them to go back in that locker room if they're doing that publicly. And Aaron Rodgers is in that same boat. Future Hall of Famer. I don't know how with the clout that he has. And I'll use Deshaun Watson as an example of this. When you have, and, and you ask for a trade in Houston, even I'm going back before the allegations, yeah. when, he, when he requests a trade and demands a trade in Houston, and you have Andre Johnson backing him up and saying, keep preaching, you know, keep, and you have all these former players, you have current players that back you. Publicly, when you do that, you can't just go back on your word after taking a, a certain stance like that within a team and a framework. And just waltz back into a locker room and act like everything's perfectly Again, fine. No. I don't know how he does that, especially when other players, and it's hard not to read into it, aren't showing up because of the disgruntled quarterback. Again, Deshaun Watson was much more pointed than Aaron Rodgers sure. was. If Aaron Rodgers really came out and said what you're saying, your interpretation of what he said, I'd be with you. But again, he's massaging it and saying it very softly. And so if he shows up, he could backtrack and say, I didn't really, you guys said it. I didn't say it. All I said was I had some questions about people and that it's about the people. Everything he says, he can walk back because he doesn't really say anything. He only hints at things. So maybe he's doing that on purpose just so he could do those things. Amari Rogers, I presume, is there. One one wide receiver who is there, or is he not there? That'd be a story to me, a rookie. It's the not top being five there. veterans. Top five veterans. Um, who are not there for the veteran OTA. Here's another thing that blows up in that for the Packers. Jordan Love is finally heading things up for the Packers. They need to assess Jordan Love in every way, shape, and form that they can. And these five top veteran wide receivers are not there as they tried to assess Jordan Love in, 
in, you know, albeit it's not the great circumstance, you're going to get a great read on a guy at OTAs, but here's a chance for him to lead things and for you to get somewhat of a taste, and he's doing it with Amari Rodgers and the sixth and seventh wide receivers right. and not with the top five. Are these guys standing with Rodgers? You know, we don't know for sure, somewhat, probably, but also the union's been encouraging these guys not to show up, and now they see a convenient way to not show up. So, you know, we don't know where exactly they are. I don't know if any of them have spoken. But, it, uh, yeah, the Packers don't have people there that they need there uh, to get better and, to, more importantly, to, to see love right now. I mean, I, I feel, it feels like uh, Jack Nicholson and a few good men with the two separate orders. They need to evaluate love with the, the top guys. I get that there's some value in that, but Jordan Love needed to be a slam dunk, no-brainer, Aaron Rodgers-type pick. Yeah. For them they got Aaron Rodgers 24th overall, and people thought he was going to be the number one pick. And they took him because it was a no-brainer. That's what they knew at the time. They knew quickly in year one, boy, this guy's special. He's got something. We have to phase Brett Favre out quickly and get Aaron Rodgers in here as a starter. And now there's this rumors about them going to trade. They're going to trade for a quarterback, and they're not as confident. That, first off, they haven't said they're not confident in love. But if you're trading for a starting quarterback, you're not ready to go to Jordan Love in his second year. And if you're not ready to go to Jordan Love in his second year, and there's this need for all this evaluation, that's a problem. Uh, definitely. I, I get. I'm buying into the the hype around the story a bit. Um, it's hard not to read into what he said about culture and character uh, as not just the leader, but the quarterback and the MVP and Super Bowl champ and everything else that comes with Aaron Rodgers and think that he's just waltzing back in there in August and he's going to act like, I didn't, I didn't say anything. You guys said that. that. That's not to me how it works, especially with all the stories about him telling certain free agents to be that, hey, may not be there a year from now. Because he saw the writing on the wall, just like we all did with the contract of Jordan Love, going back to Jordan Love. Um, and he wants that commitment, as Charles Robinson pointed out, he wants that commitment much more long-term than just through 2021. Well, and Aaron Rodgers should be sitting back saying, hey, you got your guy. What are you well, about is, me? Yeah. You know, trade me away. Like You, you, you trade yeah. up to get this guy. Yeah. He's your starter. Go ahead. I'm, I'm ready to move on. Trade me, and you can move on. I'm... I'm you could be really sarcastic about it and say, I'm, I'm giving you a gift. I want out so you can move on with your plans. You started those plans a year ago without me and didn't inform me about it. I want out. Trade me. Thing is, Here's your guy. He's not saying that. He's not saying that. He's not going to say that. We don't know that if he said, his agent may be saying that to them uh, in, t yeah. in terms of the trade. I guarantee you his agent's saying just that. Doing you guys a favor. I threw a wrench in it because I'm an MVP of the league. Sorry. But you want your guy, you drafted him, go with him. I'll go somewhere else. And he mentioned that in the actual interview. Yeah. He threw a wrench in all of this based yeah. on his MVP performance. Um, uh, the, the saga continues. Again, it's hard not to read into it. But as I, I, it's tough for me to see Aaron Rodgers just walking back in there without some structure change, uh, either with a long-term investment in, with him or something going on with some type of agreement with the Packers. Uh, the saga continues. I'm sure there's another headline they tomorrow. Should, yeah, yeah, they should give him the contract and admit a, a mistake. We've seen in Nashville, uh, you know, they've made some errors, but at least the GM in Nashville, John Robinson, will will fess up. 
you know, he, he said on, uh, on Kevin Dodd, his first draft, right, 33rd pick, yeah. a guy who didn't pan out at all as a pass right. rusher, a guy they've been chasing, by the way, since then, a guy to fill that role. But when he You're didn't right. pan out and they cut him, he had a press conference and he said, I missed on that guy. i got to do better. Now, it's arguable as to whether he's done better at pass rusher since then. But on a couple of moves where the Titans have missed, at least their GM has stepped forward and said, I, 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 I blew it on that. I blew it on Vic Beasley. Uh, you know, Gutenkust at some point, as he resolves this, is going to have to swallow it and say something like that. And other GMs around the league, I think, have done similar things. Will he? That's a big part of this story to me. Tennessee Power Hour is coming up in about 20 minutes. But before that, primary complaints yes. right around the corner on Outkick 360. Hang with us. First, though, renters... Warehouse, rwnashville.com is what you should visit during the Can't break. forget about Renner's Warehouse because they will not forget about you and they have not forgotten that it's been a rough year economically. And they've got a way to help you and your situation with their upfront rent program at Renner's Warehouse. rwnashville.com is the website. Phone number is 615-398-9550. You can get the most out of your real estate investment by receiving a full year of rent paid up front. That's up to a year of rent payments in your pocket right now. And by giving you your money up front, Renters Warehouse helps minimize risk and provides financial flexibility so you can build long-term wealth. The upfront rent program available for a limited time called Renters Warehouse Nashville at 615-398-9550 or visit rwnashville.com to see if you qualify and do it the Renters Warehouse way and get tomorrow's rent today. We air our top grievance of the week next on Outkick 360. Meet Dave and Wendy. They're moving, so they're selling a lot of their stuff. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network, which includes the YouTube channel. Subscribe on YouTube to Outkick 360. Hit the alert button so you know every time we go live, noon Eastern weekdays, right here on Outkick 360, live from Blackbird Studio and the Blackbird Academy. It is time for primary complaint. My primary complaint this week is blocking the box. As much as Paul wants to uh, confront this issue on a daily basis, I was confronted with this issue on a nightly basis. Friday night in downtown Nashville after the Predators and Hurricanes game three. This is Broadway and fourth. And this is me sitting in my car with nowhere to go. The lights are extremely short. There is no traffic guard there at this intersection. And what you can't see as you pull out of a parking garage in downtown Nashville is that the right lane, which you're automatically forced to pull into out of the garage, the right lane on the other side of 4th Avenue on the opposite side of Broadway is shut down for Uber and Lyft and hotel valet. So all the cars who are in the right lane as you go through the intersection are forced to merge to the left lane to go towards the interstate. But you don't know that until you get caught blocking the box, which is a massive headache. You're, you're then in the, you know, the swarm of thousands of people on Broadway, which, look, energizes me, I'll admit. But I don't like when they're walking by and, you know, the car's in the way. So you've got uh, 
you know, the, the skater guy who just got back from the park who's uh, banging on the car because I'm blocking his way of walking by to go down to John Rich's bar, which hopefully he's urinating in. <laughs> My point is, I don't want to be forced to block the box. I want to abide by the rule, abide by the law, and not make Paul Koharski pissed off for greatness. That, that is my primary complaint. So my primary complaint this week are sports analysts stating the obvious. Let me give you a classic example. Saying that a quarterback in the NFL has a strong arm. <laughs> this is like saying that accountants are good with numbers. Or, I don't know, skaters like we. <laughs> All of these things are the obvious. Of course they have a strong arm and a good arm. They are NFL quarterbacks. Let's go a layer deeper than looking at a prospect and saying, strong arm. All of these guys have strong arm. There are 32 <laughs> starting NFL quarterbacks. I can't think of one that can't throw the football at all. Go into accuracy. Go into routes they're really good at, routes they're bad at. The offense they played in in college, how that may translate to the next level. Let's do this and get right past the strong arm that all of them have. That is a baseline for playing quarterback in the National Football League, and that is my primary complaint. My primary complaint, the element of the healthcare system that just makes ailing people wait. Jacob, let's show this here. This is an MRI of a back. Is this my wife's back? No, it's not. You know why? Because we couldn't get any MRI results. They, they told her to get in as soon as she could for an MRI she, and that they would call her the day after. So she got in on a Sunday. And so she expected a call on a Monday. She got a call on a Monday. The week after, not the day after, the week after. Now, she... she in bad shape. There are bad things on this MRI. I'm sorry that this is happening. She shouldn't have to wait a week while they work through a stack of MRI results to call people back. I'm sure there are people with worse things on their MRIs. Sitting home in pain, waiting for a phone call, scared they might miss the one time that the doctor calls because their phone doesn't recognize the number. There's got to be a better way for this thing to work. If they send you in to get imaging of your back or anything, how, how could it take you a week to look at the picture that you told them to go get so that they could tell you what's wrong in there so you could make the next appointment to go in and talk about potential surgery, et cetera? It's not working. It doesn't work. It's terrible. Hello, Outkick 360 Nation. I, uh, the I artist thought... formerly known as Hair Metal Henry here. You're probably wondering why my phone is pointing towards the floor. This represents the view of the two teenagers I just passed on the sidewalk in the neighborhood. Say good morning, guys. Y'all doing all right? You got nothing. Couldn't even look up to acknowledge anyone had said hello to them. So that brings me to my primary complaint. The total lack of social skills by teenagers these days and having no contact with other humans due to COVID-19 has made it worse. They either have their head buried in their phones or their video games or just plain old head up their ass. Heaven forbid they ever have to talk to a customer service rep to try and resolve an issue. I mean, how the hell are you going to get through a job interview if you can't look at someone and talk to them? And teenage boys, listen up, listen up good. If you can't look a girl in the eye and actually talk to her, I only have one piece of advice for you. 
whatever hand and wrist you're using now, go ahead and get it strengthened up. That's the only action you're ever going to see until you figure it out. See you, boys. Hair Metal Henry, bringing it. Bravo. Appreciate you, man. Great to hear from you there. Uh, let's recap the four we've heard. First, uh, you are right. No eye contact whatsoever uh, anymore is Kill. allowed. Uh, so we, we are all on board with that. On yours, the lights being too short is a crucial element of that thing. Why are the lights so short downtown at a time when there's a lot well, I think of they're, traffic? I think because they're trying to limit the amount of cars in the intersection at any given time because you're also going to have pedestrians walking. So but they if, want you to stop and then let pedestrians cross because there's so, there's so many people downtown. But if the light at the next intersection is longer and the light at the next intersection is longer, you can get some flow and no, get some cars But you moving. can't because they're shutting down that right lane that you're pulling into right before you cross into the intersection. They can do better with the plan. Yeah, they need to move it down a bit uh, for, for all of that. And I was sitting there going, man, it, this is impo it's impossible to abide by the don't block the box mentality in downtown Nashville right now. Uh, just because there was, there was no crossing guard there making it happen. And ultimately, it's because you can't tell that the lane in front of you is completely shut down with flashing lights and the hazard lights because they're dropping people off at that hotel. Yeah. I'm, I'm against the people with the flashlight and the sash, but this is a situation where uh, the, you need some. The, uh, I'm glad that was not Teresa's uh, MRI because that looked like an MRI from an autopsy. Uh, hope that, that yeah, th I, this I was, was a cadaver. That's just a generic. Uh, with this, with the, the way this Jake back was curved, it was either a cadaver uh, at the you know the the body farm in Knoxville, or it was actual David Reed. It, it looked like a python two. with its tail cut off. <laughs> <laughs> like if you look at it, it first looked like a snake with the stripes in the in between the spine, and then the bottom of it was like cut off. That was not good. I just asked Jacob to find yeah, no, a I know. <laughs> you were like, is this uh, her MRI? I'm like, please no. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like uh, unfortunately, this person is paralyzed, whoever you're showing. Uh, uh, Chad, my, my least favorite bit of commentary that fits under your classification is they really need to score the basketball here. You don't yeah, like to thanks. score, score the, the ball. Well, I don't like score the ball, uh, but I also don't like, like, hey, what needs to happen here is scoring. Yes, it's a basketball game, a, and what needs to happen the, is that start, teams need to score. It's the start of everything when you're talking about he's got a strong arm. And I'm thinking, I, I, you know, I'm really going through the list of NFL quarterbacks. Who has a soft arm? I don't know anyone that just floats it every time. Uh, in the NFL? I mean, if, comparatively if, to, to the If it's like Josh, a Josh Allen, Allen where you're Alex like the guy. Smith has a soft arm. He's got the three strongest arms in the league. That's fine. He's got the strongest arm in this draft. That's fine. But when you start with a base, strong arm, strong arm, strong arm, strong arm, every quarterback, because they all have strong arms. If you're a quarterback at the uh, highest levels of Power 5 football, odds are you probably have a strong arm you if you've made it that far. So I, I don't get it. Email the show for your primary complaint as well. It doesn't have to be video like Hair Metal Henry. It can be audio. You don't even have to show yourself on this, much like Hair Metal Henry. He got creative there. We appreciate that. You can email those in each week, 360.outkick.com. You can also just write in. You can email in your primary complaint like we have here today as we talk through a handful of these. Here is Nicholas who writes in to say that uh, he, he's tired of I like it, I love it with all of the other acts and musicians available for the Preds, he wants to see more of the home of music, not the home of country music in Tim McGraw. He says it's embarrassing. If you take that take song, song out of the Preds game ritual, how much more country music is left? Not much. To me, it's the one bastion of country music left. 
on Preds game night. So well, already- if he really wants it to be a spotlight for Music City, you need some country he in also, there, and that is Tim McGraw. He also says that it, it, the main portion of this, he uses uh, Jack White as his example, Nicholas does, because he wants, because Jack White has a studio here, he thinks Nashville can own Seven Nation Army. The problem is every stadium, every arena, um, every venue across the world uses Seven Nation Army. You can't own it. It's, it's in chance. out there already. Yeah. Here, here's the other thing. They've cut back. I like it. I love it. It, it, it segues into uh, Black, Keys. Black Keys. So they've already modified it. I think that's as far as it goes. And listen, I don't love, I like it, I love it. But it's a very identifiable national yeah. thing. If you took it away, there would be pitchforks and torches. Yeah, I, I would ride, have to I would ride if they took things. that away. I think it's great. And I like how they blended into Black Keys quickly, but they, they need to keep Gold on the ceiling, right? We I disagree go, with this complaint. We go next to Sam. A great picture. Elon Musk's Twitter fingers are causing pump and dumps. Just go tinker with Tesla and stop manipulating the market. Uh, a lot of people are sweating Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and everything else involved with the... Uh, <laughs> you guys the know market. anything about these uh, these cyber, I, uh, currencies, cryptocurrencies? Yeah. They did. They did a, a thing on SNL where he was on Weekend Update when he hosted, and the whole bit was both Michael Che and Colin Jost asking him to explain. Okay, so what is what is Dogecoin? Can you explain Dogecoin? Well, and he kept saying different answers. They could. Okay, once understand. again, what is Dogecoin? They had no idea. Clay, how, Clay had a great answer uh, to Portnoy yeah. on this in the podcast he did with Portnoy, where he was like, "Look." I'm not into it. Portnoy's really into it. And he, and he was like, look, I, I'm not into Safe Moon or whatever that Portnoy was mentioning because if I can't explain it in a paragraph, I'm not investing in it. That yeah. was Clay's take on it. Yeah. Good. He Portnoy, said, I'm not smart enough to know about this, so if I can't explain it to you, I'm never going to put money into Portnoy it. Portnoy was accused, uh, and I don't, I, I don't know that there's legitimacy to it or not, but the way he started mentioning it, it sure seemed like a viable thing that he was paid to talk about it. Because he affected the value of it. Well, it's like the value of uh, GameStop. You know, when everybody bought into GameStop, it, the, the, the markets here are crazy. Uh, and a lot of people like Sam were mentioning this about Elon Musk and the, the pump and dumps on, on uh, Robin Hood and all the other apps. Uh, again, you can email in 360 at outkick.com. I mean, doesn't this go without saying, Ed writes in, Ed, I believe, a member at paulkoharski.com. Aren't some uh, areas inherently socially distant? Why can't the powers that be give us some credit for having common sense? The problem here is... This is a sign in the bathroom. This is a sign of a bathroom for practicing social distance where you, you, if you're in a a men's restroom, you go to the stall that's open, uh, especially if you have a stall in between the other male in there. The problem with this is this has been a primary complaint of the past where I have been in a restroom pre-COVID uh, where there are many open stalls and you know people like Withrow want to come up and urinate right next to me They're instead of going one down. Um, I, I'm all for these signs. I'd like to see what Hutton's working with. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I mean, this is showing the middle How stall. How do I literally measure up? The middle stall of a three-stall setup being X'd out. But it, that stall exists. And if it's a full bathroom, 
and somebody's got to go, they're going to use that stall unless the message is out there. Sure. Don't use that stall. So I can understand. Uh, it's, it. it's also really good, funny. It's, it's a also, good complaint. It's, it's also, a good complaint. It's a, well, it's a good complaint. Because it's a funny sign. I don't know where, uh, what restroom he's in, but if I saw this sign at Bridgestone Arena right now, I'd rip it off the wall. Because while you're going to practice social distancing, but the, the only seats that are open are the seats in front of the media uh, where you're going to sit right next to people uh, in the lower bowl, uh, but you can't piss next to someone in the, in the bathroom. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping this is not Bridgestone Arena that has this sign standing. Oh, God forbid someone give Adam Vingen COVID. <laughs> but let's let's you hurt everybody else you in together. You can't reopen a building like Bridgestone Arena to the degree you have and expect social distancing in of the course not. while you're selling beers. Of course not. Uh, but this came. This was sent to us right after uh, the weekend uh, the, with Bridgestone. So uh, again, I can't tell where that's from, but. This sign is, it's hard to find right now in Nashville. Let's put it that way. Yes. So we have some interaction on Twitter right now based off our skateboard discussion from earlier. Oh, good. And Eric says, here's, I think, the stereotype. Kid who rides a skateboard and generally sucks at it is a good kid. The kid where skating is life is a degenerate. <laughs> but that's also a 90s stigma, which I'm coming at this from a 90s stigma That is very 90s, yeah. Christian, uh, I think that's a good Christian on Twitter says, skateboard kid equals good kid. Skateboard adult equals degenerate. <laughs> I think that, I think that's well fair. said. Oh, I, I like how Jacob was just like, yeah, pretty much. That's mm -hmm. right. Uh, big thanks to everyone Jacob, for you sending your in your, in your primary car? complaints this week. Best response so far. And you can respond with next week's primary. That complaint. was fun. 360. At outkick.com is the email address. You can tweet these in as well, and we'll read and, and uh, respond to several of them throughout the day. Coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour. Speaking of the Preds, attendance back up to over 14,000 for tomorrow night's matchup, Game 6, and what is now a must-win for the Preds, or they're eliminated from the Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup playoff because they let one slip away again in Carolina. Bad. We regroup. And we see where these Preds are after last night's loss in yet another overtime in Raleigh. Hang with us. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.